Welcome to You Can Sit With Us, a podcast by women for women, celebrating you and the life you're living no matter where you're at. I'm Claire Hamill, a blogger, mom, multifaceted entrepreneur, and aspiring rebel. I'm a former rule follower that now believes there are no rules. So whether you follow them or break them, you have a place here. I'm Beth Morse, a life and career coach, mama, connector, and recovering perfectionist. I'm here to get real about how messy life can be and want to sit with anyone who's in the midst of rumbling with their own story. We're going to bring the raw, the funny, and the real to life. And no matter where you are, you can sit with us. Hey, Claire. What's up, girl? What's up? We have a third party with us today. I'm so excited. Um, we're, we're an official threesome. <laughs> Ooh. Guys, we have Cher Anderton here. She is first and foremost um, one of our girls. Yes. Um, but she's going to join us today for all of our chatting. And we were just chatting about awkward child haircuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and nights like white noise sleeping sleeping yes. Yes. okay yeah. so this is I'm so curious because we just bought a king size bed at our house uh-huh. and one of the reasons is because we're both having trouble sleeping because we're always like like too close so what is and I also have to have multiple noises going at all time at night like I can't do the silent thing oh yeah so what share what's your situation at home <laughs> Like how do you situation. Guys sleep? <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Tell us how you sleep. <laughs> like, that's not creepy. Hello. So we just had to press record because we're talking about it anyway. So, so our sleeping situation is so we are hitting twenty years of marriage next Wednesday. Ooh, so awesome for twenty years. It's been where one we can't be touching. It's like we'll snuggle and then okay, good night and. And don't don't, don't like don't even come within inches of me because I can feel I can feel the energy mm-hmm. and I just need to be by myself <laughs> and then we have we have um we each have noise machines on our nightstand like we use our phones with white noise apps and he has a different white noise app than I do so it's a slightly different fan sound okay so here's oh you both use oh, fans I use the floor fan one <laughs> and he uses like the blowing cut, fan. Like cut, well, fan. it's like a different kind of fan. I can't even describe it. Okay. Like, if like somebody, a- <laughs> I have a question. I'm dying right now. This is so funny to me. If somebody were to like mess with you, like, would you, would you know the difference? Like if, if some, if somebody were to like change the name of it, right. Or like ch- change the noise, but keep the same name. And so you clicked it thinking that it was the one that you normally use, but it was actually a different, similar sound. Like, are you that particular about? Don't mess with me about that kind of thing. <laughs> Don't, I will, I will call that out. Absolutely. It will be a problem. It will be a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have, mm-hmm. yes. It's very precious and I protect it. With my it's life. One of the things. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the that. things that's really valuable. I love that. Sure, mm-hmm. I'm gonna start saying that because I, I sleep very precious too. Like this is it's it's a little high maintenance sleeping. Mm. And and I have had friends like we have brought our noise machine app like um camping. Yep. Oh hundred percent. And our oh, friends yeah. will have never let us live it down. They're they're just like, are you, you know, make sure you bring your noise machine when you mm. come. And okay, just, but it's uh, just on your phone, right? 
we can. Hmm? It's just on your phone. It's on my phone, but back in the, before we had the, like, it, before we had it on the iPhone, a long time ago, it was like, like one of those kind for the babies that <laughs> like plug in, but we put batteries in it so yeah. we could take it camping. It's, I've totally it's done super that. high maintenance. I, no, it's too important. It's too important. <laughs> I'm listen. I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same boat. So, so what do you do, Beth? Yeah, what do you do? We have we're in a we're in a queen size bed, which is I feel like is impressive because both Josh and I are not small humans. Like mm-hmm. we are both tall, big people, mm-hmm. and so um, we have managed to stay married a little over a year, sharing a queen size bed. That's pretty good. I know. I feel good good about it. I don't know, you know, if you asked Josh, I don't know how much he loves it. I think if he said, if we asked him like, hey, would you want to have a king size bed instead? I think he'd be like, yes, 100%. Because I am a little bit of a starfish sleeper. Uh, I like kind of, you know. I'm a mummy. I have hands on my stomach or my chest. Oh, yeah. Um, I also sleep with multiple pillows. I have like, I'm a, I have like one body pillow. Um, mm-hmm. you guys need a king size bed. Yeah, we really do. Uh, but same thing. Like, I don't like touching really. Um, we're not snugglers, you know, yeah. um, and also because, um, he like mostly because of the heat, like he is right. always hot mm-hmm. and, um, and I guess right now I'm really hot just because it's summertime. Uh, in the winter, I like to be a little more, you know, cozied up to him because he's so warm. But <clears throat> right now it's like, do not, nobody touches. Like nobody, like, good night, bye. Like, don't you dare put any skin on my skin because it's yeah. a million degrees. Too sweaty. Yeah. Too sweaty. Too sweaty. Well, anyway, a little insight into our conversation. <laughs> no. Welcome to You Can Sit With Us. Yes, the thing is, no matter how you sleep, you can sit with us. You can even lay in bed with us. Mm-hmm. Probably. But not You can't touch Don't us. Touch me. Don't touch. No touching. No touch. No touching. So what do we have to talk about today? Um, let's do updates. So we have some exciting stuff to talk about, yes. How are we going to fit all of it in? I don't know. I don't know. We're going to we'll do it. it. Okay, so I'll talk about the giveaway. Can I yeah, talk about the giveaway? let's do that first. So you guys, here's what we're doing today. We're going to um, offer two, not one, but two gift cards to my personal Mecca, otherwise known as Target. Or um, Target, if you're fancy. Target, if you're fancy. <laughs> I um, I, I'm not. It is my Christian. I walk in there and I need one thing and I walk out. A couple hundred dollars later. It's a real problem. It might or might not be one of the reasons I got another credit card. Not recently, when mm-hmm. I was in my 20s. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't make irresponsible financial decisions. Mm-hmm. Anymore, obviously. Never. Never. Thank you for letting me sit at your table. Anyway. Okay. So here's what we're doing. We're going to do um, two gift cards for people who are who do a couple things. First thing you have to do is rate and review the podcast, wherever, whatever platform you're on, you're going to rate and review it. So you're going to give it however many stars you want. I mean, we're hoping for multiple stars, obviously, Mm -hmm. and do a quick little blurb about how fun, how much fun you have listening or whatever you want to say, and then do some kind of share on social media. It can be Instagram. It can be your Instagram stories. It can be Facebook. You can tag us in it. 
and then we're going to start a thread on our Facebook group and you can just screenshot whatever you shared and share that screenshot in that thread so we can keep track of everybody that has entered. And then what we're going to do is we're going to draw two winners for Target gift cards and they're not going to be like $10. They're going to be like, like a legit trip to Target. You could yeah. do it. So. Yay. so that's our giveaway. So rate review and then share on social media, screenshot your share and then put it in our Facebook group. Easy. Easy. And if you are not part of our Facebook group, you can join, you can search for it and join our Facebook group at you can sit with us podcast mm -hmm. on Facebook. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. So that's the giveaway. We're super excited about that. What else? Okay. Do we have um, the meetup. The meetup. Yes. Coming up. It's, it's a little more than a month away. Um, mm -hmm. again, you can, we'll, we'll post, uh, the invite and all the details to that. That is happening Thursday, September 13th, uh, at the Alibi Room in Greenwood in Seattle. Mm -hmm. So we'd love to see you all there. Please like share this event with anybody that you think would want to come. Um, again, this, the meetups are an extension of our podcast community and what we're doing each week coming in through your earbuds across the internet webscape. I don't know. And making it a physical reality. So, um, the nice, warm, fuzzy feelings that you hear when you listen to us, that's real life when you come to the meetup. So um, block it off your calendar, make it a priority, bring your girlfriends, um, and we're going to have a ton of fun there. So yeah, sweet. Good stuff. Okay. Hi. We should do some updates because it's been a week. It's been a week. Let me first tell you that we're recording. Cher and I are sitting outside in my parents' backyard. Yeah a big series of things that have happened so if you hear outdoor noises just pretend you're listening to a nature sounds mm -hmm. app on your phone while you're also listening to the podcast there might fall asleep because of the nature sounds noise. It's <laughs> the airplane noise. just went by so you might fall asleep <laughs> so just bear with us this is we're saying this is just real life right now until we're until we're big time popular. listen it's not train track noises at least we've come a long way claire this is an upgrade we have major upgrades <laughs> happening crow crows and birds are much better than that train track that we had gosh oh um, okay so beth tell us what's going on you just moved how's everything yes. i'm i've moved i am officially in our new home our new apartment um i'm actually sitting in my daughter's bedroom mm -hmm. um which is fantastic and yeah it's it's beautiful it's um there's a there's a really lovely pool i posted a picture in the in the facebook group out by the pool and um it's beautiful and there's like palm trees around and josh keeps saying i feel like we're at a resort <laughs> that's a good Vacation feeling all the time no and i'm i'm like okay i can sort of get on board with that except i'm having to do a lot of cooking and cleaning at this resort so i'm not really sure if i'm vacation right <laughs> so um the move went really well the movers best investment i mean hands down we're never moving another way again um i can't say that enough i think that it really saved our our bodies and our sanity so, so that was good. And, um, yeah, it's just been a, it's been kind of a whirlwind few weeks and I feel like 
Okay, but we're all we're completely unpacked. I mean, awesome. Yeah, everything is unpacked and and put away, and um, now I'm figuring out you know what goes on the walls and where and things like that. So it's more decorating stuff, which is really fun. Mm -hmm. um, so it's good. Yeah. Awesome. And what else do I have going on? Oh, I wanted to tell you guys. So last Thursday, my friend Amiko, who is amazing, she's a um, she's a mom, she's an entrepreneur, she sells um, Agnes and Dora clothes, which, oh my word. Yeah. Oh, so cute, so comfortable. Um, so for kids, grown ups. Yeah, grown ups. Yes. What? Is that Yeah. And they have just they everything like everything. I I'm obsessed with the clothes. Um, but she texted me and said, "Hey, do you want to go to this movie with me?" Um, and it was you know obviously a few days before that, and I was like, you know, what is it? And it was um made. It's called Made for More, and it's a documentary by Rachel Hollis who wrote girl wash your face yes. which is like all the rage right now I know that I've oh you'll love it you gotta read it so I wasn't really familiar with her before going to see this film I literally was just like yes I would love to have a night out with with a girlfriend so I don't care what it is like sure it sounds inspirational and kind of up my alley so um yeah I'll go and I went and I'm telling you, this movie was so good. And it was such a great reminder of, um, I think it was just a good reminder for anybody who saw it of like, who, who you are, who I am as a person, you know, what I'm capable of if I really believe it and, um, and just some practical ways to start you know, making dreams reality. So there's an encore showing on August 13th and it's a nationwide thing. They're only doing two shows of it and I'm not really sure what's happening after that, but um, made for more Rachel Hollis, girl, wash your face. I'm obsessed. I will follow her everywhere now um, because of it. And I can't wait to read her book. So she's really cool on Instagram too. I bet I'm yep. every, everyone who is on Instagram, Claire is cool. This is why I, it's her. I can't, I'm Instagram stresses me out. She's on, Beth is on Instagram, but like, I need, it's a dumpster fire. Don't follow me. Okay. <laughs> you're gonna, we're gonna have a complete overhaul of Beth's social media. <laughs> we're starting, we're burning into the ground and starting over. You're like my teenagers who are like back in the day when it was, you know, they had to have like this aesthetic. Mm -hmm. on their feed it had to look a certain way so they would only post certain pictures it was like mm -hmm. a thing for a while mm -hmm. do you remember that yep and so they would like completely delete their accounts and start new ones when they felt like it didn't go anymore they're past that stage thank that goodness that sounds like a lot of work it was so much work I didn't understand it but okay. it was, this is aesthetic this is my struggle because I feel like that's what I see still with with Instagram that it needs to kind of like look curated and I'm so bad at no, I don't, I don't curate my Instagram at all. I do a little bit, but only because I'm turning it into more of like a business situation, but I don't think a lot about how I curate it. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's more like about who you are, just showing who you are. I have a separate one for work. So that's, mm -hmm. so that's I definitely think, a little bit different. What if who you are is a hot mess? 
Mm, that's, that's a theme cool too. too. That's it's a theme working too. for me then. It's totally working. And also, you're and not are, the only hot mess in the world. Really, when we say the words hot mess, we say that like in an endearing way. 100%. It's not a negative thing to me to be a hot mess. Like, I think those are fun words to use. And validating, like, we're all yeah. kind of figuring this we're out. All messy. Yeah. It is messy. Life is just messy. Let's be hot messes together. And let's have our Instagrams be a little hot mm-hmm. messy. Mm-hmm. I do love me some 20, 2007 Brittany. So, Listen, yeah, hey. shaved head. Did you see my Instagram story about that? Adulthood is where you finally understand why Brittany shaved her head. <laughs> That's 100. I saw that and I was like, 100%, get it. 100%. I've had so many moments like that, even lately, where I'm like, I'm ready to just cut it all off. Yep. <laughs> Let's just start over, burn it to the ground. Same thing. Uh, anyway, so. Claire, how was your week? What's been going on? My week was good. Sorry about that airplane. Um, we had our masterminds meeting, which was really mm-hmm. cool. So Sharon and I are in a masterminds group together. So we had a really fun night on, what night was that? Friday night. Friday night um, with our girls. So that was really fun to catch up with them and um, cry a little bit. Cry. Little bit. I think all of us cried at some point. Yeah. 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 It's very cleansing. Yeah. It's a very cleansing experience. That's what, that's what Kim's house is like, though. Mm-hmm. It's good energy yes, there. for sure. Um, and I did my first psychic reading last week too. Oh my gosh. I feel like I could talk for hours about it. I won't. I'll save that for another day because we're going to bring my friend Ashley on, um, the podcast at some point and have her on and interview her and ask her about what she does. But she did a virtual reading. She's in Reno and she did a virtual reading and then she took a bunch of notes and then we talked the next day and it was better than literally any therapy session I've ever been to in my life. Whoa, what? She says in front of the therapist, but you're not my therapist. (laughs) Not her therapist, but... I mean, I would say that about some of our conversations too, to be truthful. (laughs) But um, it was just like breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. And she was spot on with so many things that she has never known before about me. And stuff about my dad for if you, if you don't know me, my dad passed away in 2014 and stuff about my, like this job shift that I'm having and all Mm. the things just like bricks after bricks Mm. just fell into place as we were talking. And, um, I would, I would say it was life changing for me. So, um, I will, yeah, I will save the details for when we chat with her, but oh my gosh, it was, it was amazing. And, um, if anybody's in that place where they're like, I've been wondering, I don't know. It's hundred percent worth the investment to do this with, I would send you anybody to her in a second. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, so anyway, so that's, it was life-changing and wonderful. And that was one of my highlights for the week too. So good. Yeah. So Cheryl, go. what's been going on with you? Oh man. What has been going on with me? Highs and lows from the last week. Well, my little boys are at scout camp this week, so it's a little bit of a high for us because that's you know when you take some kids out of the mix, even one, like it creates a whole new dynamic. Yep. In the house, and so it's been pretty great to um, have like the older two kids to ourselves. We also have a guest, one of my um, daughter's friends, has been staying with us, needs a place right now, so that's been um, interesting and fun too. Just kind of, I don't know, last hurrah, because I start back to work a little bit next week and then full-time mm. the following week. And man, this summer went fast. Yeah, super fast. So I'm just kind of soaking it all up and enjoying it. That's good. 
Mm-hmm. Important. Well, let's kind of dive right in. Um, we are starting for August our series on families and relationships and parenting. And so we wanted to bring Cher on the podcast today because uh, Cher is a therapist and parenting coach. Is that right? Yeah. Well, okay. yeah, that's definitely one of the things that I do for sure. Yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit more about who you are, your whole situation, um, and, and what you're doing currently. Okay. So I um, have four kids. And there, we're in the evens now. So 12, 14, 16, and 18. Oldest is... I'm sorry, pause. You yeah. do not look old enough to have an 18-year-old. When she told me that, I was like, no. I started, no. I got married <laughs> when I was 20 mm. and started having kids at 22. So there mm-hmm. you go. Now you can do the math. And I'm 40. So yes, I followed a model that kind of, I got married young and started having kids pretty young. and. The flip fun side of that is that my kids will most likely all be out of the house by 46 and Dude. I got some time on my hands to figure my stuff out. There's More. something to be said for that. <laughs> it worked out that way. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily encourage my, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine my kids to do the same, but that's what I did. We have our 14 year old is adopted. So we've gone through like being foster parents and foster care training and adopted. He was almost eight when we adopted him. So that's been a fun adventure. He adds a lot of energy to our family. Um, So that's been great. And let's see. So I work full-time as a school counselor at an elementary school in Shoreline. And then I have a small private therapy practice where I see female adolescents and older, um, mostly do trauma work. And um, the parent coaching has evolved out of both of those two jobs. So for my elementary school position, um, the principal um, encouraged, like we talked about having some parenting support for the school, for families, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of more of a community school model. And so I got trained in the positive discipline um, method. And I really love it because it's very mutually respective of parent, child, um, focuses more on coaching and skill building instead of punishment and gives parents a lot more tangible tools on how to do that. So it's not just like, this is in big theory, what you're supposed to do, what you should do as a parent, but really like step-by-step and some really great stuff to do on the ground. Um, So I, I offer that for free to Echo Lake families. And then it's just kind of folded into my practice because um, I find that it really lights me up like the things that I've learned, even with my kids, the ages that they are in that class, along with my own personal growth has been huge Mm -hmm. and how it's shifted, how I've parented even in the past couple of years. So I feel like it's never too late to change your parenting Mm -hmm. and add more skills to your tool belt and that sort of thing. So, um, the parent coaching kind of goes along in my private therapy practice, um, working with moms. And then I do it separately on the side with workshops and just doing parent coaching alone with families and, and adults. So yeah, share, share and I got to sit down a couple months ago for one, one of my giveaways <laughs> parenting coaching session. I know I, I felt so lucky, um, to come to your beautiful little she shed. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. My she shed. 
little backyard office. I'm totally obsessed. Um, and that session was so helpful. It was just so helpful and validating to just hear your perspective and to get some really practical. And like you're saying, it's, it felt different than therapy. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm wondering if you could maybe like make that distinguish because I think parent parenting coach is a newer term. It's not something I had ever heard of. And I know when I talk to my friends about it, they've never really heard of parenting coach. So I'm wondering if you can kind of separate what is, what is, what's uh -huh. different about parenting coaching versus like family therapy. Yeah. Well, one of the successful um, models for um, in like social services is like peer mentoring. And so it's essentially that it's like, I have some skills. I've been through a lot of the processes of parenting. Mm -hmm. So as kind of a peer mentor and coach, and I've added skills to the positive discipline training um, and through the things I've learned in elementary counseling and therapy, I've kind of been able to wrap it all up into one thing. And so it's just me helping people walk through the parenting experience, which no doubt is the hardest thing in the whole world like 100%. the whole world yeah. to parent these little humans. Um, Cause as you and I were talking before we started recording, like you just kind of worry, like, am I going to F them up? Like, I don't, I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know what? Constant worry. Like mm -hmm. constant worry about that. But, but that's I, your own stuff, right? That's your own stuff. Yeah. And so it's really, you know, the therapy, obviously I'm not going to be doing like cognitive behavioral therapy or EMDR with my parent coaching clients. But a lot of the things can, can overlap where the blocks that we have to be the parent that we want have to do with some things that can be addressed through therapy. And I think mm -hmm. that's why I love being able to do, have the skill set to do both mm -hmm. if, if necessary, that if something is coming up for you and, and some therapy will help you become the parent you want to, we can do both at the same time. That's awesome. I just think that's so amazing because I feel like there aren't people that do both of those things. You know, like as a coach, I've learned that it's a lot, there's a lot of like future focus, right? Whereas in therapy, it's like diagnosing, healing, like all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I feel like to merge those two, it's just really magical. And I feel like every parent needs yeah. this role, yeah. you know, somebody with that skill set because it's both healing and forward focused. Yeah, because a lot, I think you're right. I, I don't think that our parenting role can actually heal us in and of itself, mm -hmm. but it can be an invitation for us to heal. Yes. Right. And to pay attention, like, oh, there's this spot there that's really tender or not okay, or I want to change and grow from it. And mm -hmm. parenting is bringing that up. So it can create that invitation, mm -hmm. but it can't, we might think that, oh, I'm just going to be a different parent than my parents. Well, when you take out what you don't want, but you have nothing to replace that with, like a skill set, you just tend to fall back in old patterns because yeah. you haven't added something to take the place of that. So, well, and I think that, and this, I think will be another podcast with you for sure, but I think that your personal journey in that and that shift that you have made from the mm -hmm. parent that you used to be mm -hmm. to the parent you are now mm -hmm. is so clear when you talk about it and, and your message of like, it's never too late to change. But like, you have to do the work in order to do it to, you can't just say, I don't want to be that. So that's yeah. all I care about, that I don't want to be that. You have to do the work to be something different. It's first and foremost, I think with parenting, I can give you lots of tools, 
and things, you know, plans, practices to like infuse your parenting with, but really first and foremost, the most important piece is the personal development, like paying attention to our own stuff so that we can show up for our kids because so much of what um, inhibits us with our kids, it's just that it's, we create disconnection because, Mm -hmm. you know, we're falling into old patterns or we don't know how to do things differently or how to not get triggered or fearful when something happens with our kids. So, Mm -hmm. so much of that is just starting with the foundational, okay, I've got to take care of this stuff. So parent, I don't parent out of fear because that is the worst and most disconnecting platform to parent from. Mm -hmm hands down but also the easiest but the easiest well it's a place that we all go because it is so scary well and we're scared because the love is so huge right yeah so in your heart's outside of your body and then if something happens we feel like our worry can protect them from those things but really in the meantime whether it happens or not in that time it's going to pass anyways right and if it and if we pass it with fear and worry and anxiety and just constant like, well, don't do that and do this, love, you know, mm-hmm. constantly laying things on our kids instead of incorporating them in decisions and mm-hmm. collaborating, then it's the time is going to just create more and more disconnection. Yeah, I could see that. What would you, I'm curious, what would you say like is the, one of the things that you hear over and over and over from, from your clients from parents like what is I want to just and I I ask that question because I want anyone who's listening to like feel less alone because I think there has to be some commonality there has to be some you know some patterns that that you're seeing so if you don't mind like sharing some of that like what are you seeing really commonly among parents and and parents of I don't know if you want to like break it down like you know little littles elementary junior high and high school so the big theme that just to separate into the although it's getting younger and younger one of the big themes is just how to navigate the the phone situations Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing so that would be I'd say we're seeing kids in elementary school Mm. fourth and fifth grade sometimes even third grade with smartphones like regular smartphone users. Regular smartphone users Mm -hmm. with very little boundaries around them. So that is, that could be a podcast in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And it's just difficult, but that also goes along with something that I think from birth to forever with their kids is boundary setting. Mm. So knowing what's okay or not okay for you and then also, you know, some non-negotiables with your kids. So I might not care um, as long as this is sad, but maybe not sad. <laughs> it's funny. Um, you know, if you smell okay and you've worn that shirt three days in a row, I'm probably not going to put up a stink about it. No pun intended. Right. <laughs> put up a fuss or a stink about it. Very punny. Um, but am I going to allow you to have your phone in your room at night? No you know, I'm not going to do that. So just, there's some things where it's just, it's pretty obvious where the line should be drawn or where it's pretty obvious for my husband and I, where the line should be drawn. Um, and then other things I'm going to kind of like ask them. I ask a lot of questions with the kids like, well, what do you think is a good time to come home? What are you going to do if this happens? You know, that's sort of the conversations that you have when the kids are older and when they're younger, um, 
it looks different, but it's still what's okay, not okay. Yeah. And that's different for each family. And I'm not going to say either way what that looks like, but when I'm working with a family or a parent, then we'll kind of piece that out and see what their non-negotiables are and then how, what actual boundary setting looks like. And it's a lot of, you know, role playing and like conversation using sentence stems. I do a lot of sentence stems with, with individuals where, so they have, you have words because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just like, I know what I want, but I don't know how to say it sure. in a way that's not going to blow up. Mm-hmm. And then when you do boundary set with your kids, it's that, you know, quote, like you can care about them, but you don't have to carry it. So if they're throwing, mm-hmm. you know, your toddler's throwing a fit because you don't give him the ice cream cone that he wants at 10 AM. Um, then you can care that they're sad and you can help them name their feelings. Like you look really sad that this is happening, but um, it's not time for ice cream. And then you try and distract them because they're two and you can do that mm-hmm. all the way up to, I'm sorry, you don't, you can't stay out till 2 AM. Um, it doesn't feel safe on the road. So what can we do instead? And you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So boundary setting, social media, and then really, a huge piece of this and maybe like even an umbrella where all those other things fall under is just the self-compassion piece. So Mm -hmm. that's the personal work, you know, where that healing needs to be done. But so many women who, because of trauma or any sort of life experiences, socialization of females, right. That we are so critical and we have this like critical soldier voice that tells us what we should and shouldn't do. And, how we should and shouldn't look and how we should and shouldn't parent or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so a lot of my work with women and, and adolescent girls is, you know, how does self-compassion sh- show up in your life? How can we infuse that in your daily experience? And just that's kind of not their fault that they're not self-compassionate, but when they're aware of it, it's a responsibility to step into that and say like, what is this going to look like for me? And, And how can I show up for myself so that I can show up for everybody else? Mm -hmm. That's a big piece. It's really hard to mother or be a a woman the way we want to if we don't make a connection with ourselves and give ourselves love Mm. so that we can give it really sincerely and genuinely to the little people and the big people in our lives. Mm -hmm. I am like learning this so hard right now. (laughs) This is... I've alluded to it a couple different times over the last few weeks, but I'm like in that. And it is, I think the thing that I keep coming back to is, is that really critical, like harsh voice that I'm battling against. And in this made for more video, she's taking excerpts of a, a, a conference that she, that she puts on and it. And it's so videos of her speaking at this conference. And one of the things that she said that I just loved was that as women so often if we think of ourselves like a vase like an empty vase and um and and some something from above us is pouring pouring water pouring something into us that we feel like we need to um you know tip over and and pour onto the people around us our, our partner our kids, our work, our, you know, all these different things. And, and we're tipping and tipping and tipping. And guess what happens if we tip too far, everything breaks. But what she was saying, what happens if we just stand up tall and allow the face to be filled? What happens? Eventually it will 
fill up and and pour out onto the people that are around you just naturally. And she was talking about like what you're saying, Cher, the, the personal growth piece and really kind of investing in it. I mean, this piggybacks so nicely on our last month's topic on self-care and just how important that is. But um, I, I just loved, I loved that picture and I was like, oh, that's a good yes. one. Yeah, it was so helpful. I've heard the same metaphor with like a teacup and a saucer. And that we feel like, you know, you know, if our cup is full, then we can give to other people. So we need to fill our cup. But really, we're not supposed to fill other people up from our cup. We're supposed to fill them from the excess in the saucer. We need to keep our cup full. Mm. And so that excess piece and that pouring over of the vase, that's how we, you know, to use the word bless people around us or create that connection. And to be honest, like as, a, as parents, we need to model that to our kids. Like we have got to... Sh- figure it out for ourselves so that we can show our kids what it looks like to care for yourself in a way that's sustainable, joyful. It's messy and rough, but it's so worth it because Mm -hmm. we've got to show, we need to show our kids that. It's such a gift to do that for our kids. So I love it. We, you know, we have a good time doing the parent coaching piece. Mm -hmm. It's fun. I really love that work. I feel like it's a bit of a channeling thing kind of, how I feel some, you know, in, in therapy sessions where it's just, you create that connection and you really feel hopeful mm-hmm. and focused and you tweak things and you just, you work at it until it just starts becoming like a well-oiled machine and that wiring in your brain is changing and it's good. It's yeah. Good stuff. I love that. Well, and I feel like, I, I feel like becoming a parent for me has been such a good mirror, but kind of like you said, it's not, it's not like being a parent that's going to save me. It's being a parent that is the catalyst to being more self-compassionate, doing the personal growth, healing from whatever traumas I may have, you know, and teaching my kid that that's what you do too. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. 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 So it's to heal myself, but it's also to share that like, this is how you are. And this is how you become a a functioning adult, healthy adult. You know? Because kids learn by observation, imitation, and repetition. Mm-hmm. So if they're observing you and imitating you, and then they see that often, mm-hmm. what is it that we're showing to our kids? And as a parent of young, young kids, I don't, I, I was really like my wiring was not very reactive, not very responsive, like in a wise way. And so what my kids were seeing was reactivity and frustration and Mm -hmm. throwing my hands up and not having um, a lot of the skills that I later learned to, to manage well. And so I feel like I've had to make that up a bit Mm -hmm. and I have, it's fine. Like I said, it's never too late, Um, but it's definitely still a work in progress for that piece. What created that shift for you? Like what made you say, I can't, I can't be like this anymore. This is not how I want to parent. I think it was a lot of different things. I think, um, I knew that I wanted to parent differently. Um, and it's not like a blaming thing at all. I think my parents had a different skill set and did much better than their parents did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just knew that that was something I wanted to change. And so I surrounded myself with really great mom models. I was lucky enough to be have some really great friends so I just kind of be like oh 
you know, so-and-so's <laughs> doing that. I'm going to do that too, you know, mm -hmm. and kind of copying. So the imitation piece, and then I think grad school and adopting our kiddo from foster care was a wake up call too, where the way that I was parenting before was really not okay. So my reactivity was really scary for him. Mm -hmm. So even if it wasn't directed at him because of his past experience, reactivity was a real tough thing for him to manage. And so I had to really learn some major emotion regulation skills so that mm -hmm. I could respond um, more like kind, but firm, sure. firmly with the kids. So it was kind of a series of things. Interesting. I just, I thought makes sense though. Yeah. Cause your life just kind of hold unfolded. Yeah. And yeah. as I've been kinder to myself, I can be kinder to other people. Sure. So it's changing sure. those loops and those inner conversations that self-talk. That's the huge piece. Mm -hmm. I think. I was shifted. One of the things that my psychic friend told me last week when we were talking about all my breakthroughs was she was talking about like, we were talking about negative self-talk and that was such a huge thing for me and how I'm trying to shift that. And she gave me the best visual. She said, catch that thought in midair and like, stop owning it. Stop owning it as your own thought. Acknowledge it, but then change it into like a loving thought and then release it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's the best visual. And I feel like all the time in parenting, I'm always going, oh my gosh, is that what I should say to him? Oh my gosh, should he be in timeout for that? We don't do timeouts, but that's just an example. But you know, oh my gosh, should he go to bed earlier, whatever it is, you know, I'm always thinking about this like long-term implication. Like, is he going to be, is he going to be messed up later on because I didn't give him the one popsicle or whatever it is, you know, but it's all that second guessing that I have to take those thoughts and go, Oh, like what, what is happening in this moment? Mm -hmm. Like I'm setting a boundary or I'm not setting a boundary. And so I do need to change that and that's okay. But I only can have those, I feel like I can only make those decisions and have those thoughts, again, because I've done the personal growth, because I am doing personal mm -hmm. growth all the time. Mm -hmm. So I think, to me, that's a theme, right? Like, to just constantly be in growth mm -hmm. for yourself. Because then you can have different conversations, not only with other people, right, but, but with yourself, too. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, thoughts are not truth. No. We get them from, I mean, like I said, the trauma, the experience, the social, like so many places mm -hmm. that these things come in and you can keep it or not. Mm -hmm. You can internalize it or not. So I like that visual. I think that's great. Yeah. She was like, like, own it. It's your choice. Just, yeah. Your own. choice to take it in or not. Or not you know, yeah. I was like, there's oh. so much choice in, in that. <laughs> yes. But we are, don't necessarily have awareness around the choice. Um, or we just blame ourselves or for we're thinking, yeah. it, you know, like we yeah. can't, we can't control it. Right. That's kind of how I feel. Anyway, we have to master our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's good to note and point out, cause we've kind of talked around this, but like this idea of not wanting to like mess our kids up or whatever, um, we're going to, I, I think that that's, that's the, the truth of it is like, I, my parents messed me up in their own unique way and I'm messing up, you know, we, Josh and I are messing up our kids in our own unique way. And, um, our poor kids are getting it double because we're, we're, we're divorced. And so they have, they're going between two households. And so they have, you know, two sets of parents and their own stuff that they're dealing with. And, and so it's just like, okay, let's just get over this idea that 
you know, if we just work hard enough or if we love our kids enough or if we do enough work that our kids won't need therapy when they're older. Um, I just, it's like, nope, Macy's going to need therapy because I needed therapy and probably, but it's going to be for something different than I needed therapy for. Right. And like reframe that, like our parents did the best. I believe people do the best that they can. Absolutely. And say, well, you could have done this, this, and this, but really the capacity that we have, I feel like we do the best that we can for whatever capacity we have. We can increase our capacity, right? but not everybody has that opportunity. So looking at it in the way that like, you're going to do better than your parents did and your kids can do better than you. And that's okay. Yep. Like, I am looking forward to seeing what the kids do mm-hmm. with their own kids and like how they could do things differently and better or not. And that's okay too. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. It just, that's part of life and, and the difficulties to create strengths like in skill sets. Yes. If everything's all easy and we take care of everything and our life just flows and they don't have challenges well, well, that's kind of where mean, anxiety comes from too, because then yeah. they're like afraid of bad things happening. Like if right. they never go they go out into the world hard. and something hits them because you're not there to protect them. Yeah, you can't. I say let them fall flat. You know, often enough that you just help walk them through what it looks like to take care of that challenge or that difficulty that falling flat. But don't try and save them. Right. from all the pain and difficulty and rescuing and that sort of thing, because then they can't adult and they're back at home when yes. they're 21 because they can't manage or life 41 or 41 or, yeah. or something. But, but I think that's kind of the gold mine though, right? Because it's like, you can't shield them. You don't want to shield them from the bad stuff, but the job as parents is to not only deal with your own shit, but then give them the resources and tools and guidance around mm-hmm. how you deal with life when shit hits the fan. Yeah. yeah. You're working yourself out of a job basically. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is the whole point. The whole yeah. point. I think when we parent based on fear, we have this fear of them leaving. So I think that it's like, Oh, I just have to make sure that, they, you know what I mean? Like you just want to protect, protect, protect. Yeah. But like, they're going to leave. That's the whole point. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I always, yeah. when, when my daughter was born, um, so my, my daughter's dad and I divorced when she was, or separated when she was 18 months old. So, um, and prior to that, he, uh, he's an airline pilot, still is. <clears throat> so I was doing a lot of solo parenting from the very beginning. Um, and, and kind of, I don't know if, I don't know if I knew that I was going to spend time as a single parent. Um, I don't know that I knew that, but I think I, I do, I definitely believe that, that there was something preparing me for it. But, but I, I said from the time that, that Macy was born, that we were given to each other for a very explicit purpose. And it was her, her job, her role, her purpose was to make sure that I got out of bed in the mornings because there were some really dark and tough times where if I didn't have her, I probably wouldn't have, it just wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so in that way, I, I believe she, my daughter saved my life. Um, and I believe that I was given to her as her mother to help her navigate this world as a very sensitive human being, because she and I are so like in that way. And, 
And, you know, I really, looking back, feel like I didn't have that. I, again, to your point, Cher, my parents did a wonderful job. I have a great relationship with both of my parents now. And I feel really fortunate for that. Um, but I don't think that they really knew how to handle a, an empath, mm -hmm. somebody who's just feeling things so deeply all the time and really didn't really know what to do with that. And so now I really, I think I picked up really quickly that Macy was probably going to be the same way and that it was my job to give her those tools and come alongside of her and say, here's how you can do it better. Yeah, and, and so you don't have to struggle the same way that I did. Yeah, here's some tools to move through life in a way that fits who you are and what yeah. you, mm -hmm. and how to advocate for yourself and be assertive and protect your energy and boundaries yeah. and all that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. We talk about that a lot. So good. So good. We could talk forever about this. I, I know. I know. And I was just going to say like, oh, I want to keep talking, but share, tell us what you have like coming up, going on. Where can people find you, follow you, connect with you? Okay, so I'm on Facebook um, uh, with Cher Anderton, so it's C-H-E-R, like the singer, and then Anderton with the T-O-N, um, LLC on Facebook, and the same for um, Instagram, the LLC, you can find me there, and then you can also just like connect with me through my website, you'll see all of the links to my Facebook and my Instagram, and where I have, I have some workshops coming up, um, how you can work with me, or just connect with me and ask me any questions you want or that sort of thing. I love connecting with people. So my website is probably the best and that's shareanderton.com. So shareanderton.com. We'll link that in the show notes for everyone who's listening. And yeah, if people are, if folks are in the greater Seattle area, you do have a couple workshops scheduled coming up yep. and um, they can reach out to you if they want more info on that. Correct. Yeah, and absolutely. And I do online sessions as well. So parent coaching therapy, I do it virtually. Um, so that can work too, if you're not in the state. Yeah. Love so it. Awesome. So yeah. awesome. Thanks for coming. Oh my I know. God. Thanks for coming and sitting with us today. This was really fun to have you on. We, Claire and I were talking before this morning and I was like, I kind of feel like Cher just needs to be like an installation. She just needs to like be a, a fixture. I told yeah. her this was her orientation. <laughs> This was your interview. I will yeah. come back. I love you, ladies. I love your podcast. So Aww. I will absolutely come back anytime. We love you. I love you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, gang. Uh, that wraps it up for this week. Um, again, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your favorite listening content. And and if you're already subscribed and you've already let left us a review, share that on our Facebook page to get entered into that uh, Target gift card contest. So if you've already subscribed and left a review, you can still enter. We just need the screenshot of it. Um, be sure you're, what's that? And the social media share. And the social media share, yes. Um, yeah, link to us. So um, you can tag Claire and I or the podcast group um, in, in your social media. So um, tune in next week and we will talk to you then. Bye. Bye.